Alright, it's the Chance of Gaming Podcast, episode 59, that I know it's 59 because someone was nice enough to write it in my notes here, and uh, with me always is Richard and Roy. Hey everybody, this is Rich, coming from St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, this is Roy. to the west. Oh, I I stepped on you, sorry. (laughs) Hey, this is Roy from Holland, Michigan. So, what are we going to do when we get to episode 69? We'll we'll just say nice and let it go. That'll be nice, yep, (laughs) alright. It'll be like, yeah, that'll be the whole podcast. Like, this is episode 69, and then we just go, nice. Do you guys guys ever listen to my brother, my brother and me? I have, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's really funny. It's a good show, but so they, (laughs) they debated for like episodes and like maybe a dozen episodes are like, we've got episode 420 coming up. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We got to make a big (laughs) deal out of what are we going to do? And then when they got to episode 420, they just skipped it. They went from 419 to 421. (laughs) Every time I make the 69 joke, my wife just kind (laughs) of bolts her eyes at me. It's like, yeah. I told my wife, I'm like, every guy still has a seven-year-old boy living in him. So (laughs) I guess that's not seven. That's like 14. But I think we have like a seven-year-old boy and a 14-year-old boy living in us at the same time. (laughs) It reminds me, I'm I'm getting to work on a a show about medical marijuana. And like all all the jokes I make with it are like, okay, guys, you know, we have ASCAP BMI coverage. So let's do some Bob Marley. You know, let's open with, let's open with this song. We need a smoke machine coming in. We'll have this huge ashtray out here that we won't acknowledge the whole show. Yeah, it'd be cool. Pass the duchy on the left hand side. Yeah, but they're like, no, 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 no. We can't do that. Sorry. Ah. All right. Whatever. Yeah, I remember in the in the Scooby Doo movie they opened with like the Scooby van. And there was like smoke coming out oh, of yeah. it. You could hear Shaggy and Scooby in there. And then they opened up the doors and they're back there like grilling burgers or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of leaned into the whole uh, yeah. <laughs> um, stereotype of, of Scooby and Shaggy as being stoners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have uh, friends that have young kids, that, and apparently the new series for that is kind of weird. I don't know. <coughs> it, or Scooby-Doo? Yes, Scooby-Doo. There's a new okay. series. The new, the new cartoon? It. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think mm, I've okay. seen some of it. I think my daughter watched a little bit of it on... Maybe Netflix or something for a while. I remember watching a movie, a Scooby Doo movie that I thought was okay, and it was a newer, a newer one. But uh, thankfully, Scrappy was not in it. <laughs> He's yeah. kind of like the the Oliver from uh, uh, the Brady Bunch of Scooby Doo. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> s- spoiler alert! I think he turns out to be the villain in one of the Scooby Doo live yes, action movies. In, mm-hmm. in the oh, new yeah. one, he does. He's like. He's like a super demon or something that's been behind every single bad thing that happened. You're talking about the one, the 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 live action movie, right? Yeah, it had uh, had Rowan Atkinson in it. That one. See, maybe I, that was the second one. See, I don't remember that. I just remember uh, Matthew Lillard was um, Shaggy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, what's mm-hmm. her name? What's her name? Was Velma? She, she was on Freaks and Geeks. I can't think of her name. Linda Cardellini. That's it. That's it. Linda she was Cardellini. also in uh, on ER. Yes. Yes, she was. Mm-hmm. But, yep. I always know her from uh, Freaks and Geeks, which is a fantastic show. If you guys have ever seen it, I highly recommend I've it. I've seen bits of it, yeah. I've heard good things about it. I've never seen it. it it's Matthew really... Matthew Lillard. 
Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, it's really weird because there's a whole bunch of people that are like really big actors now that were kids on that show. Um, yeah, like Seth Rogen was on there, right? Yeah, Seth, yeah. Seth Rogen was on there. Um, Dadgummit. Uh, that guy that's always super... Wasn't James Franco? That's it. James Franco was on there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, so, Matthew Lillard, uh, big D&D player. Really? Yeah. Well, along with a lot of Hollywood, I think. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I know there's like that, uh, you know, Vin Diesel and a bunch of other ones. Mm -hmm. And and people always hold that up as like, hey, this is our guy. See, we're normal. So, yeah. And uh, who's the the bodybuilder guy? uh, Shoot, I can't think of who it is. Did you see that picture on Reddit? No. Apparently someone posted a picture of themselves at the gym or something and said, I don't play D&D. And the guy pictured that guy. I don't even know his name, but he posted a picture of himself, like on the cover of Fitness Magazine or whatever. And he said, "I do." Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, I can't not yeah. think of who the guy is, but he's been on he's been on Nerd Poker before. Nerd with uh, Poker. yes, Nerd Poker is another podcast with um, Brian Posehn, who's a comedian. Mm-hmm. So they just they play D and D. Yeah. I we've talked listen, about we've mentioned listening it before. to that again was, here recently. It was pretty good at the beginning, and then it fell apart. And from what I hear, it's it's better now. But I never got back into it. Yeah, the uh, the second DM that they got was one of he the was players. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, he's better as a player for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, but Roy, what have you been playing? So let's see. I've been I played uh, on the tabletop recently. I've been playing, and I don't have it listed here. I've been playing some Dominion and a game called Isle of Monsters, which is kind of a it's a monster breeding game. So there's uh, you you draft cards off of the board, lay them down in front of you, then you have to feed them, and then once they're fully fed, then they go into your hands. So you have you have a tableau in, in your on your uh, in front of you. And then once you get them fully fed, then they're matured and they go into your hand. So there's two phases to the each round where you're you're picking up food off of the board and you're placing it on the on the monsters to get them kind of uh, juiced up, I guess. And In then the they mood, go into your you get yes. oysters. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. And uh, so then they go into your hand, and then there's the scaring phase where you are you. Uh, play a card or multiple cards face down and then everybody flips and uh whoever has the highest number gets some points and then there's also there's three different types of monster and it's kind of a rock paper scissors thing to get some additional points uh so this is from uh i believe it's from mayday games and it is a um it's a cute little game of just it's about monsters it kind of the monsters kind of look like little pokemon um so we played this a few days ago with my 11-year-old. So that was uh, Isle of Monsters. doesn't have like an After Dark expansion or something for oh. <laughs> you know, the rated R stuff. Well, yeah, with the ball gags and that. Yeah, monster breeding game. <laughs> yeah. That does well, sound monster. almost kind of weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and then I played uh, playing online again still. A game called Kingdom Builder, which I think I've mentioned before, which is a kind of a it's an yeah, area control I game. The map. Oh yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I I enjoy this game. I'm liking it more and more, and it plays pretty nice on uh, on Board Game Arena. 
but I'm. So I think I've asked this before, but you you don't play with randos on on board game arena. You play with friends, right? Right. Yep. Okay. So we have board game arena going, and then a WebEx uh, client going. So like, I typically I'll I'll talk over my phone. Okay. Yeah, I've got some games going on on Yucata, which we've talked about too, and I've got one going with a guy that I know, and you know we play pretty regularly, and then I've got a couple others that I just played with some randos and. Uh, some of them have gone well, but now one of them has just, you know, been sitting there for like a week. So you never know if people are just, you know, I think they get bored. They forget about it. But mm-hmm. if you don't know the people, it's harder to keep the game going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we occasionally like don't have things set up right and a, and a rando will slip in, which is fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, as long as it's a, you know, they're taking a uh, taking their turn in a timely manner. Yeah. So, um but of course, I don't know, they're kind of at a disadvantage because we're all communicating with each other. And oh, that's true, yeah. So, um, I'm I'm getting close to doing in-person game nights. So maybe in the next two or three weeks, we're gonna we're gonna uh, invite people to our house. Nice. And do do game nights then. We'll see. You're gonna spray them down before they come in. They have to <laughs> yeah, set, set up Tyvek suit. Yeah, you have to set up a you have to set up a D uh D not lousing not decomposing disinfecting tent outside <laughs> yeah where, where everybody has to strip and you hit them like with you know hot, hot water and bleach and it's like okay you can come on in. Well, have you guys seen so, Super Troopers? Yes, uh, yeah, I love that movie when they throw the powdered sugar on him to delouse him. <laughs> it's delicious. So one of our players is a um, he travels for work like he will typically go to Germany or Italy or whatever. Oh wow! And so yeah. at the beginning of the of the lockdown, he had just come back from some place in Italy, and mm-hmm. so we're like, <laughs> so you're like safe, right? Oh you know, yeah, I was in a different region of Italy. So, <laughs> but he's a, a engineer, so he's you know he travels to. Germany to do and India too. I think he's based his company's based out of India. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. But anyway, that's traveling uh, to India can be a chore. I mean, it takes a while to get there, and a lot of times it takes a while to get where you're going once you're there. Even um, oh, I yeah. used to I used to have a coworker whose family was in India, and he would always just take his vacation just once a year, but he'd take like a month off because mm. you know the hassle of just getting over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, I guess I haven't been playing too much here lately. So that's uh, kind of what I've been up to. For me, uh, well, I've been on Ghosts of Tsushima. That is like literally been my entire life. For a long, I haven't gone out to game because you're just petting foxes. Yes, I'm just running around petting foxes. It's yeah, and I'm just I'm trying to 100 percent it now. It's like I finished. Uh, the main story, and I'm just trying to 100% everything. And oh, how I, long did the main story take, approximately? Uh, 40, 50 hours. Okay, it's pretty good size then. Yeah, yeah. Any uh, anything more than like 25 hours, I think it's you know you're getting a good deal. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I get yeah, 25 is what I expect. Anything below right. that, I'm like, I'm not going to pay 60 dollars for this. I honestly had no idea going in 
how long it would take me, but I really, really enjoyed it. And now it's like I am obsessed with wanting to do 28 millimeter samurai now. So I've been just been looking. <laughs> I've, been, I've been looking for rule sets, and there's several different ones. And then I'm like, why am I looking for rule sets? I should just buy figures, and then have them painted. And then you know, if I whoever's president, you know, in 20 years when that's finally done, I'll play the game. So. Uh, hmm. Like that scene in Ronin with uh, De Niro, where the the dude he he has like a, a samurai army that he's all painted up and everything. Oh, yeah. He does like a big diorama. Oh dang! I oh yeah, that. yeah. Uh, That's a great movie. Yeah, it is. It has a fantastic car chase. Um, mm-hmm. in it. And uh, the only other thing I just wanted to ask you guys uh, this this game is like the new hot game. Have you heard of Among Us? Yes, I have. I've I've seen the memes on Reddit, but that's about it. I haven't played it, but a lot of people I know are and really enjoy it. And, of course, everybody's talking about it on Twitter, on Reddit, whatever. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Werewolf. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Oh, sure. okay. And I know you can get it on Steam. You can get it on your iPhone. You can get it on your Android. And, uh, yeah, it's – yeah. It's, so I, I my understanding is that you're provided with a list of tasks that you're supposed to do to keep the ship going, right? Right. Something like that. And then, so you go and do those, but you're also some players are imposters, and when they have a spare moment where nobody's watching them, they can they can murder a crew member, or, and that will tr- trigger a an emergency meeting, right? Something like that. I I think so. I know like they're you're working to try to get the ship running, and they're working against you. It may be not only can they kill you, it maybe they can like wreck whatever you were trying to fix or mm-hmm. whatever. Okay. But, what I find fascinating is the end game of it is, hey guys, let's all vote to put who we think is the bad guy out the airlock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, yeah, like, no, 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 it's not me, it's not me. You know, you've seen that movie and it's just shoot him out the airlock. The the thing I think is is what Among Us is kind of modeled on. That's very true. That's very very true. Except I guess nobody's doing um, what do you call it? Uh, the the hot blood test thing and yeah mm. <laughs> but anyway that's i mean that's about all i had i've been thinking about getting out some this week i'm not sure because it's like man i'm almost done and the excuse i tell myself is like well the armies i've got to play like in say legion age of sigmar 40k whatever i'm like eh, they're just not re- really where i want them to be so i don't want to play those right now and then you know but, now, didn't you go to a 40k tournament? Yes, I did. Have I not talked okay. about that yet? I guess. No. Oh, okay. I guess well, that was... Yeah, I think last time it was still coming up. You yeah, talked yeah, about... Okay. Yeah. So, we yeah. talked about it a little bit, but... I, I did play yeah. that. Um, it was interesting. It was just really, really long. Um, I mean, it's... The, the, the rounds are like three hours apiece, and then we did four rounds. I was absolutely beat by the last one. And, That's all in one day? Yes, all in one day. And mm. and then me and the guy I was supposed to play, we were like, do you, want, do you want to play? No. Do you want to play? No. And so we just took the little percentage we got, you know, from doing that and just went home. It was like 830 <laughs> at night. I had literally been there for like 12 hours, standing up, you know, 
my back was killing me, you know, because you got to reach over, you know, to play this game and stuff like that. I will say it plays really good. It plays really smooth. I met some people there that I, you know, that were really fun, nice, friendly people to play. Uh, I just had, like, one comment. Uh, One guy was, like, way younger. I thought he was so much younger, it took me uh, off guard when he walked up with a beer. Oh, I was going to say, did you offer to buy him beer? Because I, I, I was like, I wanted to say, huh, I honestly thought you were um, <laughs> too young to buy that. But then he uh, said something about, yeah, when I was in college, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, well, you may be 25, but you look 15. So... <laughs> Uh, anyway, he uh, we, he was he was prodding me for uh, tales of the good old days of uh, Warhammer 40k, which is like third edition. So that would have been like 1998, 1999, something like that. So it's like literally like when this kid was born or something. And, um, and so Adam plops into a rocking chair and says, "Well, Sonny, back in the mm-hmm. day, okay." Oh, uh, one thing he did do, like, oh my gosh, it was like, uh, I'm I'm telling him, I'm like, look, I've played this game, like, twice. You know, I've played all the other versions, but this version i played, like, twice, so, you know, just help me out, walk me through this, you know, answer any questions I've got, and, wh- and whatever, you know. <laughs> we got to some point where he goes... Did you know that Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings? <laughs> <laughs> we get to this point where... Um, he's like, okay, you do this, and then it takes, like, D3 wounds. He's like, okay, what a D3 is, I'm like, I know what a D3 is. <laughs> you know, they didn't just invent that. You know, I am very familiar with what a D3 is, but, okay. But he was nice, you know, he was, he was very nice, polite. He was a polite young man who was trying to help me walk across the road. <laughs> you so, need a name tag that says Gronyard on it. Uh, Oh, I I wore my OK Grognard shirt. Oh, uh, all right, that, there you go. I, I did okay. wear that, but uh, <laughs> all right, Rich, tell tell me about uh, the Imperial struggle of historical ASL to Hatton the Flames. Yeah, so I've I've actually playing games again. It's nice. In fact, I played Imperial Struggle face to face. So that was my first face to face game that was not with a family member really since we started this whole thing started i think so it's been a while um but it was just a two-player game and we you know went over to his house and uh yeah so imperial struggle it's a it's a new gmt game uh it just came out it's by the same guy that made twilight struggle which is you know probably gmt's Mm -hmm. most popular game of all time um it's not it's not really that similar um I mean, there are a few little design things that you can see are comparable. I like Imperial Struggle better. Imperial Struggle is about the, uh, you know, the global conflict between England and France from something like 1650 up until the American Revolution. Uh, So it's played over a series of turns. You've got war turns and peace turns, and you always know what is going to be ahead of time. That's set, so it's not like... We don't know if we're going to have a war. You know, you're going to have a peace turn and a war turn and then two peace turns and a war turn or something like that. I don't remember the exact order, but um, they play slightly differently. And you're just you're competing over over markets, over naval spaces, over forts, over resources. There's all sorts of things. Um, And it's just it's a it's a fun game. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, There's a lot to do in it. Um, 
but it's you know it's just like a standard size map it's not like a huge war game map or anything like that um so it easily fits on a table and i'm looking forward to playing it again hmm. okay and then I've been, that's the only face-to-face game I've played, uh, but I've been playing a bunch of stuff on Vassal, uh, lots of historical ASL, um, which I think I mentioned last time. I can't remember if I had started it yet, but I've got two separate games going. One is Hatton and Flames, which is a late war uh, scenario between France, I'm in France between the Americans and the Germans. And then the other one is Red Factories, which is a Stalingrad battle, so... Um, just a little bit into those. I think I'm in turn two of each of the games and we're just playing basically like every other week or so. So those will take a while to get through, but, um, we're playing the campaigns, which means you play a scenario and then you get some reinforcements, but the way you start the next scenario is based on the way you finish the last scenario. So, you know, there's, there's carryover as far as how much ground you've taken, how many guys you've gotten killed and stuff like that. So when you say every other week, there's uh, uh-huh. a turn every other week? Uh, well, we play for, you know, two, three, four hours every other week. So, okay. you know, um, I, so, we'll, ex- we'll probably get through a turn to a turn and a half in that mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So when you finish a turn and uh-huh. come back to it, you know, two weeks later, do yep. you have to kind of like, okay, what was my... Where was I headed with this? Do you? It's it's not it's not too hard to pick back up. Um, another game that I'll talk about in a minute, the Red Storm. We had long delays in between, sometimes six weeks in between turns, and then we had a lot of that. We're like, man, what the hell was going on again? But mm-hmm. just in two weeks, I can look at the board and I can figure out what I'm trying to do. Um, and a lot of times, what I'll do is the day before or the day of. I'll just load up the save game file just so I can kind of see the board state before we are actually start playing. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, because it's Vassal knows which side is which. So if you've got like hidden and concealed units, um, if you load it up, the other player can't see those. They'll see either nothing at all or they'll see it was just a question mark. Um, and so if I load it up, I can't see the other guy's stuff. There's nothing I can do to cheat to see his stuff. So. Ah, okay. Yeah, so historical ASL. Uh, another game I just started playing again in Vassal is Ardennes 44, which is a Battle of the Bulge game. Um, it's Mark Semenich's Zakban series is what a lot of people call it. It's as good as name as any. Some people call it. They're all like a, a place in a year. So there's Stalingrad 42, Ardennes 44, Holland 44, France 40, I think it is. Ukraine 43, I think there's others as well. And there's another, I think uh, I think Sicily's coming out maybe next year or whatever. Um, but it's a Mark Semenich series, really good series. Um, each game has its own uniqueness to it. Um, I have played this one before, and I have enjoyed it. So, you know, guy got online and said, hey, anyone want to play Arden 44? And I, I jumped right into it. So we're only about a turn into that one. We're just, we're not even playing live. We're just emailing back and forth. And then, like I said, uh, I did finish up our our play test of Red Storm Baltic Approaches, which I think is, you know, I don't know where GMT is on that right now, but I think they're pretty close to the, you know, the the final version of that. We've play tested 
good two or three scenarios. This one took a while just because it was a really big scenario and we had a lot of delays and um, I can't even remember when we first started playing this, but it was a while ago. Um, and this one, you know, it's a play test. So the, the victory conditions and the scenario changed two or three times over the course of when we were playing it. Um, but that's the whole purpose of it. I enjoyed it. Um, now I really want to go back and play either regular Red Storm or maybe downtown, something that is, you know, nice and tight and finished. And so I can just get a regular game in. Okay. So that's what I've been playing. Well, I guess we should talk about our sponsor. Good old Mike over at alterdementia.com. And I'll have this link in the show notes because it's a really weird way of spelling it. Anyway, Mike's great. He prints anything you can come up with an STL file for you and uh, mails it out to you. He's got his own stuff on the website you can buy that are already printed, or he can actually have them printed. He does both. Anyway, lots of modular terrain, miniatures, all that fun stuff. So it's alterdementia.com. You'll see the link in the show notes, and use the discount code COG2019 to save yourself 20% off your total purchase. So there you go. Have you seen him in a while, uh, Roy? Uh, I have not, actually. No, I haven't seen anyone in a while. That's true. Have you heard? <laughs> That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard there's something going on, some kind of virus or something. <laughs> I don't know. Remember, Roy, if he comes over, put him through the disinfected tent. Psh, you know. All right. So I, I'm. The, it's been a while since I've looked at his website. It's uh, He's got the what, Terra Conflict Models First Wave now on the site. So it's a bunch of little spaceships look pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, and he's still doing, like, the, uh, the World War... World War Tesla is on there, and uh, yeah, got some other stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all right. Anyway, oh, and uh, apparently, Ill-Gotten Games is re-releasing Pocket Tactics One Edition with some 15 millimeter uh, models, and uh, yeah, that's apparently something he's gonna uh, be able to print together. Uh, let's see, has it happened? Uh, yeah, it looks like it did happen. Because it's actually scheduled to deliver uh, next month. But, yeah, looks cool. But, of course, you can get those from his uh, shop. I am fascinated by, you know, the fact that we put this tiny little board out there. Like like ASL. And then we move around. And, uh, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I might end up ordering a set of this for him. I wonder if he says how much it would be. Anyway, I'll post the link in the show notes. So you'll have it. So, uh, on to what's on a radar... I am super excited about this. Mantic Games woke up one day and decided to do a fantasy naval game. And apparently, it's called Armada, and apparently it's based on Osprey, not Osprey, sorry, uh, Warlord Games is Black Seas rules, the way it plays. Um, I've always been fascinated by fantasy naval. There was a game, it was out of print by the time I actually saw people playing it, called Mana War. Games Workshop did, and it had your stereotypical races, and they each had kind of racial traits they could do, like the the elves had really fast light ships, but of course they couldn't take a lot of damage. Orcs had just like a bunch of shit they just cobbled together <laughs> that would cra- you know crash into you, and it's like a just, floating trash heap. Yeah, and uh-huh. uh, like the dwarves would have like. Uh, armored ships with lots of cannons and stuff like that. So it looks like we're going to see kind of more of that. 
the starter set comes with orcs, and their yeah, their ships look really kind of cobbled together and whatever. And it uh, looks like humans are the other faction in it. Um, unfortunately, I'm not as up on my Kings of War lore like I should be, but this uh, takes place in their world, and uh, each one of the uh, races will be represented. I know uh, I'm trying to get a demo unit for my local store. It'll come out next month. Or end of this month, actually. Well, this is end of this month, so I guess it would be end of October. And uh, I want to really build hype and maybe get some people to play it. But, you know, given Flames of War, the way its launch was, and I always bring that up in a thing like this, it's that could... People are going to think about that in going into purchasing this game. It's like, well, the last time everybody got excited about a game here and, you know, it sucked and stuff didn't come out on time and blah, blah, blah. But Mantic is, yeah, they said they're ready. They're going to have releases all the way through the first part of next year, including the Dwarves, which should be released in time for my birthday. So I'll get those. But I just think it's neat. Uh, There was another one that... I actually bought ships for, but again, could never find anybody to play, called Uncharted Seas. And I had an orc fleet and I had a dwarf fleet. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to them. I think that was the same company that did Firestorm Armada, which we'll talk about in a minute. And, uh, yeah, anyway. So the next thing we had, Gamma Wolves is coming from Osprey Publishing. And apparently this is a big deal because the author is Ash Barker. And I was like, who is that? And they're like, oh, it's this guy that's worked on a shitload of various uh, miniature games. Uh, and this is doing his own thing now. He's apparently been with, like, Guerrilla Miniatures games for a while. And, uh, yeah, has done a bunch of stuff. But this is mech Post-apocalyptic what, mecha, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's kind of maybe similar to the Frostgrave rules, but I don't know. But I like Mecha, and uh, I'm curious to see how this goes. Of course, you know, with Osprey... When you when you say it's it's similar to Frostgrave, do you mean it's a bring-your-own-mini-game? Yes, yes, this will be a rule... That's what I was just about to say. Okay. With 90% of... Or 99% of Osprey rule stuff, it, they're uh, miniatures agnostic. Okay. It's that they're like, we don't make miniatures, we just make books about how to paint them, and history and occasionally we publish rules and that's it so might be pretty neat the next thing i had i was familiar with um this is a six millimeter uh fantasy kickstarter and i was actually they're so tiny yeah they're they look kind of detailed too can you imagine trying to paint those (laughs) no this is uh, from Micro World Games, and that's a thing they do over on their website. They have various fantasy races, and this is a Kickstarter for a 6mm Fantasy Crusader Kingdom. All they wanted was $600. They're up to $2,444 with seven days left to go. And it's a U.S. one. It's over in uh, Fair Lawn, New Jersey, wherever that is. But um, I think you can get a pretty good panel of figures let's see for 40 bucks gets you let's see 24 plus 60 plus 20 that's about 104 plus 24 is about 128 figures for 40 bucks not bad i guess they're uh 
they're metal figures, aren't they? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they look like they're pewter, like old yeah. school. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them don't cool. look that great to me. Like, if you look at the Crusader Foot Knights... Um, well, they're six millimeters. Ah, okay, that's true. <laughs> it is true. It's like, you know, once it's painted and on the table, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference, so... But anyway, the next thing we have is, I thought this was really cool. I found this in a pulp group. This is crossover miniatures. They're, you know, a lot of people are doing, um, you know, a lot of people do 3D printing, but a lot of people do that laser cut MDF thing mm-hmm. where, yeah. where it's like, okay, here's a kit and it comes to you in a flat package and you punch it all out like a puzzle and you build it kind of like a 3D puzzle is what it's like. Anyway. They do some really cool airships in here that uh, I think are just really neat. Would really be really cool oh. for like a pulp game, and would look really neat on the table if it was all painted up. But these are all mm-hmm. twenty-eight millimeter scale. Like the Furious class airship is two, just over two feet long, and just over a foot wide. It's twenty-five by fifteen. So you know that's pretty cool. And apparently, if you buy, you can get a discount by buying a second one. I don't know why you'd want that. Maybe split it with your buddy, because it's like 95 bucks for it, and then you can get an additional ship for $65. So That's a that's a mantelpiece kind of thing that yeah. you could uh, paint up and sit there. Well, see, I really think of this is the kind of thing that you would put on at a convention. You know, your, yeah. your, even it could be your rules or whatever, but, you know, you have this whole plot, and it's a really big table, and yeah. That would be the thing. So, just thought that was cool. I'm gonna bring it came across my radar. I was gonna bring it to your attention. Mm-hmm. The next thing we had was um, this game called Triumph. And like I said, I had been looking around for 28 millimeter samurai games, and I ran across Triumph. And apparently, it is a they kept, they looked at DBA, which is like one of the earliest best well-known Ancients rule set and kind of fixed it, for lack of a better word. They were like, we're taking out what we don't want and putting in this. I don't know how this one plays, but with DBA, it's you play with 12 stands per side on a 2x2 play area. And, uh, yeah. It was just interesting enough it seems that, pretty crowded 28 millimeter 12 okay. stands per side sorry two sorry by two? sorry uh my bad this is not a 28 millimeter rule set i just oh okay <laughs> it, it's a 15 millimeter rule set so okay it, it um does that although people do play uh big scale dba they will do a four by four play area and use 28 millimeter figures to play yeah. it instead. okay yeah, but, but I mean, I can uh, see that. D D Bella and Antiquus. Yep, that's it. That's why okay. every, that's why everybody calls it DBA because <laughs> they're like, <laughs> I, I can't pronounce this. <laughs> so the next thing we had, and man, I had a lot of stuff on my radar uh, this go round. This comes from Antimatter Games. It's called Shadow Sea, and it reminds me a hell of a lot of the Drowned Earth. Another uh, 28 millimeter skirmish game I like. Oh, yeah. That one's post-apocalyptic. This one is just fantasy world kind of thing. you got some kind of neat characters. Uh, you know, the, the factions seem to hit, like, all the tropes. 
there's the you know the steam robot guy there's the frog people there's the the cthulhu cult people pirates you know that kind of thing just kind of well, interesting parts of it look uh mesoamerican yeah that is true and kind of, uh, you know, uh inca aztec kind of kind of stuff that is true and it, that's almost become kind of a trope in uh, tabletop gaming, like if you do lizard men, if that's like your, you know, that faction is of lizard mm-hmm. lizard people or whatever, you make them look like uh, Aztecs or Mayans or whatever. I mean, Games Workshop did it, and you know, uh, they they've done it twice. They even did a set of dwarves that have a uh, Aztec influence to them. So yeah, it's just kind of tropey. I- but- I guess I would equate uh, elves more with Aztec kind of thing. I don't, I don't. Dwarf is not what I my go to when I think about Aztecs. You know, like fantasy Aztecs. Right. Me neither. But apparently, it kind of works because they're slayers. They're the ones that don't wear any armor. They have the big orange mohawks. You know. So, okay. Yeah, it, it sort of works. And <laughs> the next thing we had, which I actually found out uh, today was uh, Corvus Belly, and that's the company that, uh, the Spanish company that produces Infinity the Game, has decided to do a ship, a starship type game, which first I got really excited, because they're like, oh wow, it's going to be in the, uh, uh, the Infinity universe, but it doesn't seem to be that way. So when we say starship game, are we talking like X-Wing, Armada, somewhere in between, something like that, or something totally different? It would be, uh, it would be like Armada, only the ships would be as small as X-Wing. Okay. So uh, that's the kind of thing. And because uh, it's, I, I don't know what scale that is. Um, I was surprised when the latest Infinity thing was called Starmada. And I was like, "Oh wait, guys, you, um, you there's a there is a company that already has that. They make a starship game, and you'll see in this thing that I I post in the show notes where they actually talk about it. Well, we you know we went to make this game, and we found out that somebody had the copyright for Star Mod, or no, they actually made it. Period, and." advertised that, hey, our game Star Mod is coming out, and they got contacted by them. They were like, oh, really? Because we own the copyright to that. So you want to you wanna talk to us a little bit about that? <laughs> and and uh, they, part of what they decided to do was, well, uh, how about we publish, you know, your uh, your rules and make it into a board game? And so that's, that's what it is. And uh, they're going to do the Starship game Based using the Star Mata rules, which I've kind of looked at a few times over the years, but I never picked them up. I will say they're still being published and they are popular, but yeah, that's about all I know. But yeah, I really wish it was more in the Infinity Universe, but whatever. No one asked me. So. <laughs> and the next thing we got is Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. I really think that's kind of cool, uh, Roy, and because anything with Tiny Epic is good, and then Dinosaurs makes it really cool. And I so will... there was oh Tiny Epic, oh shoot, I cannot think of the first Tiny Epic game. Zombies? So this is a no, it was uh, Galaxies uh, Space. Right. Yeah, Galaxies. That's it. Yeah, 
So this is another one in the Tiny Epic series. Uh, and so this was a Kickstarter that my wife was interested in. So, And we've had this shipped maybe a month and a half ago. We've had this game laying around. We just have never played it yet. Um, but we're getting closer. And it is a uh, worker placement game where you're farming dinosaurs. So it, uh, you know, of course, it's drawing on the whole Jurassic Park sort of, sort of vibe where you're, you're, you're growing your dinosaurs, you're completing contracts. Um, so we watched the uh, how to play video, um, and so eventually we'll end up playing Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. All right, what was the Jeff Goldblum quote? Is like you guys were too busy thinking of how... whether you could and not whether you should. Yes, that's it. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just made me think of that. When Disney World opened, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean didn't eat the guests. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that is pretty good. Yeah, very good. So, uh, and moving on, I am going to be playing some online D&D starting here maybe three or four weeks. Um, there's some old friends that, that I've known in the past, and we've kind of drifted apart and drifted back together. And so... Uh, the DM, who asked that I not use his name, so I'm going to use a, a pseudonym. Uh, we'll call him Finn Diesel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, he's uh, DMing a game uh, on over Roll20, so I have to learn how to use Roll20, which I've never used before. So, I, you know. Yeah. As a man, player, it's, yeah? It's, not, it's not tough to do as a player. Um, okay. I'm actually going to be running a game on it pretty soon, so I need to dive a little further into it to figure out how to do that. But, ah. I mean, really, as a player, all you have to know is is how to roll dice, and I think it's just like slash roll 2d20 plus 6, you know, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. So in, in kind of talking about this, he said, yeah, we're starting at uh, level 15 to 20, which, like, man, alive, I've never played a game that high. Yeah. Uh, in D and D, that's like that's God mode, basically. Yes. So, and I kind of got the backstory here is that he um, he started it back in April when he was isolated. So, ironically, COVID is what brought us back together. This group of friends that that I've known. <laughs> um, and so they're on Facebook. I'm not. I don't really do Facebook. So that's where the initial uh, kind of the drumbeat had come for that. So he said, "I want to do against the Giants." And um, who wants to play? So he, all these people that he used to know kind of um, came back together and he started DMing uh, this against the Giants. So it's that's set up for levels 12 to 13. And they went all the way through it. And like, well, now what? What do we want to start something new or what do we want to do? So they decided, well, we've never done that high level kind of thing. So why don't we just keep on going with it? So I think those players maybe kind of decided they were they liked what their characters were doing and they wanted to keep on going with it um so he uh my friend finn diesel um (laughs) he he hadn't intended to go very much far beyond or even at all beyond uh against the giants so he didn't do any sort of like uh you know here's the here's the pantheon of gods here's a map here's all the political intrigue that's going on in the campaign he's just kind of Said, I'm going to prevent you with the, or present you with a scenario. So this uh, his his party of players kind of turned out to be a group of superheroes. So imagine it's they're like the fantasy Avengers, I guess. Um, well, so, so they can make you start at level one. <laughs> what's that? 
they're gonna make you you start at level one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be like the Hawkeye of the of the group. Okay. Everyone takes two hundred points of damage. <laughs> <laughs> so um I don't have you guys ever played, you know, high level D and D characters? When I was a kid, we'd we'd mess around. I never naturally got one that high, but we'd like roll really high level stuff and play high level made up adventures and mm-hmm. yeah. I mean D and D at that that high level is crazy. He's you're you're going to be doing literally godlike stuff and you'll be fighting godlike creatures. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You'll be doing stuff where, like, you know, okay, well, I have something that instantly kills him. Okay, well, he has something that stops you from instantly killing him. And, <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to teleport and do this. And, okay, well, he's going to take nine attacks this round. And <laughs> Wow. All right. Yeah. So, anyway, that's uh, coming up here in, I don't know, maybe a month, maybe less than that. We'll see. Cool. Okay. And the uh, next thing. We have news, and I mentioned Firestorm Armada a while ago. It apparently is back. And there is a beta application. Well, actually, a beta you can download. You can play it if you still got your old ships or whatever, or just play it with counters. And, um, yeah, they're going to publish this. That company had them and, golly, it just seems like a whole bunch of uh, different... Seems like it was from Spartan Games, but I can't remember. Anyway, War Cradle has it now, and uh, they're the ones they do that uh, Wild West thing, and then they're yeah they they have all the Spartan Games IPs, which were dystopian wars in three different types. They had uh, legions, fleet action, and the other one. Golly, that was like a really big line. Because they had, like, I swear, like, 12 or 15 different factions. And you could play them. And they had each had a naval thing. They each had a land thing. And they each had an air thing. So they had that. And Firestorm Planetfall, which I was actually really interested in. Because it was a 15mm sci-fi game. Uh, based in their own universe. They had that. And then they also had the Halo license. This is the company that did the uh, Halo Fleet game. And then it all just went to hell, because I'm assuming they spent all their money on the Halo license, and there you go. Firestorm Armada, I... Honestly, my honest thought on that was the uh, ships were too big for the tabletop. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, some some of the ships were, you know, getting close to, like, seven, nine inches long and, or even longer. And then you had, I mean, you had literally a fleet of them on the table. You know, it's like, I have like 30 of these ships and my opponent has 30 of these ships and we're playing on a four by six table. So it just looks, gets real crowded. I don't know. seems like they could have scaled it back a little bit. But anyway, it'll be linked in the show notes. You can check it out if you are interested, if you remember it, want to use your, uh, your figures and there you go. Or, just buy a bunch of cheap ones on eBay now to get ready. But there you yeah, go. Yeah, I'd never seen any of these figures before. I'm looking at them on Google Images. Those are cool looking, uh, cool looking models. Yeah, they were. They had a really neat original thing. I one of the things I liked about them, uh, they had like the one of the Terran factions. Each one of their cruisers had like a different look, and they were they said it was because they were always manufactured by the lowest bidder. 
So it, mm-hmm. you know, it, that would represent a different company getting the bid. So it had a different look than the last one. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat, but whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. The next thing we had was Mythic Americas. American folklore uh, is coming from Warlord Games for their Warlords of Erewhon, which is nowhere backwards, uh, large-scale skirmish game. And what they're doing is they're doing a set of figures with kind of an Aztec Mayan influence, and then they're doing... But they're zombies, right? Uh, I think they have some. They do have some zombies in there. You know, it's, okay. uh, they also have giants and stuff like that. I'm assuming it's some kind of like death cult, whatever. You know, they leaning more into the the human sacrifice trope of you know the mm-hmm. Aztecs, and uh, the other one is essentially just kind of Native American plains Indians, and then they have like Yetis, Wendigos, I guess Bigfoot, whatever. Oh yeah, if you you'll see on there they have the Tessacotl. Ever yep. how you say it, the winged serpent? And, uh, yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, I like that Wendigo model. It's really cool. But that's like the only thing I like about that. Is that whole the one range. with the tree trunk? No, no is that the Wendigo? No, the next of them, the skeleton-looking thing. Uh, okay. Because the Wendigo is like uh, in Native American folk- oh, okay. folklore. It was you leave your people that are too sick or too old to contribute to the tribe. You leave mm-hmm. them out. You leave them outside during a snowstorm, and the Wendigo takes them. And he, okay. And he leaves you. He leaves you alone. All the healthy people get left alone. You know, not that you think like, well, I guess I'll never be old, so I don't have to worry about doing this. Get out here, Grandpa. Hmm. You know. So the the model after that, after the Wendigo, has the uh, he has the obsidian swords. Yeah. So it's it's uh it's got chunks of obsidian set into wood. So I can, you know, you can't make a full sword out of obsidian, but if you have a hunk of wood that has obsidian embedded in it, then that suffices. Yeah, and uh, so I thought that was kind of cool to be kind of, I don't know, true to reality, <laughs> I suppose. They did um, what you call it, uh, arrowheads and obsidian too. Oh yeah. Yeah, because it's like super, super sharp. Whenever you, you know, did the flint napping or whatever you call it to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I remember in college, uh, taking an archaeology class, a guy came in and gave a little speech on it, because yeah. that was like his hobby, was flint, mm. na- flint napping, and you know, it's like, this is how they made it, you know, they found these particular rocks, and uh, yeah. He used this to kill the White Walkers, too. <laughs> Apparently so, <laughs> yeah, just in case. Alright, so the next thing, oh yeah, I... Thought this was an interesting post. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is bringing back at least three classic campaign settings. Spelljammer. And, right. Well, I think it's kind of a guess, even though the artwork they use for this um, thing is uh, said the, the more highly requested settings include Greyhawk, Spelljammer, Planescape, and Dragonlance. You know, uh, I mean, honestly, I am surprised that they haven't already done Dragonlance. I thought they did. And uh, it, it, I don't think it says in the article actually what it what they're doing. And people want Dark Sun as well to do. I really think that would be a good one for them to do. I know I never played it, but I did. I have bought a ton of PDFs and have read them. I just think it's a really cool um, area, a pretty cool sandbox to play in. 
It'd be really neat. So, uh, Richard, you want to take us through the GMT update? Is there anything? Roger said anything good? Anything good coming? Yeah, it was. It wasn't a huge update as far as announcements. Like P500s, there was a new. Uh, there's a new Ed Beach game. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically set before Here I Stand, so that one looked interesting. Um, he's got a couple on the P500 now. Um, really, the highlights for me, things I thought were interesting, is so they've got three games that recently came out, Imperial Struggle, Versailles 1919, and All Bridges Burning. So Imperial Struggle, I bought at Miniature Market. All Bridges Burning, I have IP500 of that. And that's actually going to be here in a couple of days. Um, but apparently all three of those games had some some misprints and not even just rule book stuff, but like maps and cards and stuff like that. And people were I mean, you know how people on the Internet are. They were upset, um, maybe unreasonably. So they, I didn't see anything particularly nasty, but you know how people are. You're saying they were impeccably, impeccably polite and understanding that mistakes happen? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yes. They were absolutely understanding that mistakes happen, especially during a global pandemic. But anyway, GMT did something that I think is pretty cool. They came out, they're coming out with an update kit for all three of those games. So if you P500 did any of those, which actually this works out for me because Imperial Struggle I bought in the store, but if you did P any of those P500, they're going to ship you the update kit for all three games. It's just going to come to you for free done um if you bought any of those at the store or for whatever reason you just like update kits or whatever you can order it from them for like 10 bucks or something like that but it'll have like stickers for maps and new cards and different counters and stuff like that so that was what i thought the biggest highlight and then the other biggest the other one thing i thought was interesting from their update is that they said they're going to have no gmt false sale this year which is always a big deal for them um but I'm sure it's a big moneymaker for them, but it's also huge as far as the workload. And I think the main reason they're canceling it for this year is they just they just can't put that many people in the warehouse right now. So, mm. so no GMC fall sale this GMT fall sale this year. Um, I think Hollenspiel is still planning on a winter sale. Um, there's a couple games I want to pick up from them, and I'm kind of waiting for the sale for that to happen. So, but Hollenspiel obviously is a lot smaller. And they do all their printing off-site at Blue Panther. It's not like they don't have a warehouse. So, different situation. You would, when would their sale be? Hollenspiel? Yeah. Uh, they usually do it, I, I want to say in November. Like, you know, holidays time. Right. And time for the holidays. GMT fall sales usually a little bit earlier. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick up, um, what is it, the, the White Death one? The... Uh... Yeah, White Eagle Defiant. Yes, White Eagle Defiant, yes. yeah. That one looks good, and I think I might pick up Dinosaur Table Battles, because my little one is super into mm. dinosaurs right oh, now. Oh, yeah, that would be another good one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, skimming through your uh, two items below the fall sale, there's the ETO series update. The uh -huh. name Frank Chadwick popped out at me. That is the designer of Twilight 2000, or of, uh, yeah, of Twilight 2000. I think the uh, Twilight 2000, that's the one that just got kickstarted, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, the, the RPG. So I, yeah. I presume it's the same person. Probably, Frank Chadwick. Yeah. yeah. I know the name, but I can't think of it offhand. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He did. Do, according to Wikipedia. Yes, he did do Twilight 2000. Okay. There's just that name. I've seen that before. Huh. 
All right. And uh, the last oh. thing. What? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I just put this on here. Uh, Gloomhaven is coming out with a comic book. There, uh, There's a comic book that's coming out, and I'm not sure. I think it's a one-shot of uh, – it's a – yeah. Now, see, I have – Interesting. My, my little one is – starting to get into comic books and she's even starting to she wants to write her own and everything mm -hmm. and she's she's also super into gloomhaven she's currently writing a story for gloomhaven so oh. i'll have to pick this up for her now, yeah i just happened to see that on reddit i i am curious i don't know anything about gloomhaven what is the plot line for it like why how can that how can you roll this video game into a i'm sorry how can you roll this uh, tabletop game into a comic book? So the plot line of Gloomhaven is actually you you discover it over the course of the game, and you don't really find out the plot until you have finished the main plot. So I don't want to give away too many stories, but basically there was a cataclysmic event that occurred at some point in the past, um, and the uh, the different races and peoples... Um, reaction to that event has caused a lot of the conflict that is going on right now. So um, eventually led to like military overtaking certain areas and stuff like that. Uh, so there's a lot going on. There's conflict between the merchants and the military. And all of this came about because of this one cataclysmic event that if you make it to the end of the main storyline, you sort of take part in. And then that continues on a little bit into Forgotten Circles which is where you go forward from there. I haven't gone very far into that, but then there's even in Gloomhaven, there's pointers and hints that start to point to Frosthaven, which is not even out yet. So hmm. yeah, there's, there's a story there. Hmm. But right. as far as I know, no one has ever written down or published that story. So I'm not sure that that's what this comic book is going to do, but that might be interesting if someone did that. Now, do you know what, um, founders of gloomhaven is like i really don't i've never played it um i know it wasn't very popular so i don't know much about it i think so i looked at picking this up because it's it's much different than gloomhaven the game it's yeah. more of a uh more of a euro game than gloomhaven was and it's uh, yeah i was a little bit interested in checking this out but it's a uh, you you basically you're it's set way before the events of gloomhaven where you're actually doing some city planning and placing the the planning out the city of Gloomhaven. Hmm. Yeah, because I only know it because I swear it goes on sale like once a week. Yeah, it's on clearance everywhere. I mean, I I don't know much about it. All I know is that it wasn't very popular, So, which is, you know, you would think that just putting the name Gloomhaven on the box would sell it, but apparently not. Which I think that's what happened, and the people that, that bought it were kind of like, this is nothing like I thought it was going to be, and it kind of got out that maybe yeah. it was not, not as cool as they wanted it to be. Yeah. Like, this isn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as cool as the other one. I don't like it. So, all right. Well, I reckon that brings us to the end of the show. Well, do we want to talk about the debate that's going to come up tomorrow evening? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. There is a the slap fight. Yeah, there is a debate. <laughs> I I want to say, like, I saw a Facebook memory recently that had popped up where I commented on the debate of, like, somebody's grandparents are arguing live on television. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, it, I yeah, love it's... that. 
You see the Simpson meme a lot with old man yells at cloud. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it starts kind of late for me, but I think I'm going to, you know, pop some popcorn and, and, uh, and yell it's, at the TV at appropriate points. And is it, is it eight o'clock your time or seven your time? Nine o'clock. Nine your time? Yeah. Oh, that means it's 10 my time. Holy crap. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's wow. see. Let's see. It's on Fox, right? No, no. Other way. It goes the other way. So nine my time. Uh, eight, eight your time. It's nine p.m. Eastern is what it says. So that's so eight okay. central. Yes, eight, eight central. central. Okay. Yeah. Math is hard. Mm-hmm. I know. We don't... The world <laughs> just keeps turning and always in the same direction, confusing us all. <laughs> Somebody should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Oh, um, I was going to mention that um, I, it looks like my dad's house is finally going to sell after being on the market since uh, January. And so I'm going to take a percentage of my profit and attempt to do that Siege of Vicksburg tabletop convention next year is, oh. is what I'm trying to do. Because I wanted to do it. And then I'm like, ah, I'll do it whenever the house sells. And, you have any idea when you're going to do it? And then, like, what month? I was thinking August, because hmm. the main thing for me is looking in the southeast and seeing when there isn't a convention that is in the southeast. Because we yeah. have we have big ones like uh, Recon is over in uh, uh, Florida. There's the Siege of Augusta is a really big one. Uh, Storcon, you know, all these ones, you know, it's just trying to kind of fill a gap, you know, where people don't have to like make a decision or whatever. They're like, ah, we're not doing anything this month. Let's go over here. And I'm kind of wanting to pull because it's over on the, it's on Vicksburg. I can pull from Louisiana and I'm pretty sure I could pull from Texas. I'd really like to get the Texas ASL guys to come over and yeah. Ah, but I don't know. It's, it's, Nothing's nailed down. It's like I have to kind of work it out with the city itself. Because I'm, what I'm hoping is I'll actually be able to find, like, you know, a chamber of commerce or something that's like, oh, yeah, you know, this would be great. We want to help you make this happen, and here's how we can help. But, yeah, I've gotten to the point where I was like, well, maybe the house won't sell. So I think I was thinking about Kickstartering it, you know, as much as I talk about Kickstarter. Which, oh, damn, we that didn't even get put on here. I know. I was going to put it on there, but I saw you didn't, so I figured so, I'd yeah. just leave it alone. Damn it. Okay, okay. Hold on. We'll, we'll get back We'll get back to that in just one second. But, yeah, uh, I was going to kickstart it, and I guess it would just be like you you're, you would be prepaying for admission into this thing and, you know, whatever. But, yeah. But now it looks like things are going to work out, and it'll be cool and whatever. But yeah, uh, was it Hasbro has decided? Okay, first of all, they have their own version of Kickstarter, their own, which is what is known in the industry as a pre-order system. Uh, and uh, for Hero Quest, that damn thing, yeah. they want like a hundred bucks for it, and <laughs> and they need you to prepay it, prepay for it. So yeah, I'm just like whatever. Come on, man. <laughs> it's like you're literally a four billion dollar company. And you're at, you can't print these up. You can't take a little bit of money out of your pocket. Anyway, I'm not gonna ram. Next thing you know, Amazon and Apple are gonna be kickstarting something. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah. Make no mistake. <laughs> you got to kickstart the uh, the iPhone. Yeah, the next iPhone has to be kickstarted. That's what that's what we're gonna do. 
so, ugh. So, yeah, end of the show. Hope you liked it. I liked doing it. It's a lot of fun. That's a good place to wrap up without him ranting on Kickstarter. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good, you know, I love hanging out with my friends here and doing this show. I hope you do, too. And uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday who also has a podcast, and, like, he talks about, like, you know, it really sucks that the only feedback I get is negative feedback. And I'm like, ah, that's just kind of common, you know, I guess. That, you know, the average person who loves your show isn't going to send you an email or anything like that. But, you know, you should do that. I don't think there's actually any listeners. Yeah. There's, yeah. Prove me wrong. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. So send us an email. Write us a review on iTunes. It'd be awesome. Or not only, you know, maybe not for us. You like another show better. Do it for them. It will totally make their day. Absolutely totally make their day to be like, oh, wow, look at email. You send an email to that guy that has history on the table and say, this trip here guy's got to go. Well, you can do that. He, you know, that dude would love to get the email, but Richard would not. So it's up to you. Well, I've brought us two new listeners with uh, my friend Finn Diesel and my other friend uh, DJ Tasty Freeze. <laughs> I, I like they have stage names. It's cool. You know yeah. who you are. Yeah. All right, so we will see you in a couple of weeks. Hey, good night, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye.